a martial arts champion in search of the glow. Master, I need more time. I am no longer your master. A rock and roll star on the rise. I know what it's like to lose precious things. A madman. Shogun of Harlem. A maniac. You're gonna put my video on your show, aren't you? The answer is no. And the glamour, the power, and the sound of Motown. I don't want you to kill anybody. Are you out of your mind? The Leroy Green I'm looking for is a little punk thinks he's a kung fu master. I am no master. You sure look like a master to me. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Days of Films Past, a podcast dedicated to exploring the legacy of cinema. Each and every week, we discuss a different movie that made a lasting impression on viewers like us. I'm James Kennedy. And I'm Ellie Edwards. And this week, we'll be discussing Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, directed by Michael Schultz. Oh, yeah. First time watching it, what'd you think? Man, first time watching it, I had to kind of like get into it. I wanted to make it seem like it was a good flashback because, you know, it's from the 80s. So I had to come into a mindset of like, oh, I can't really, I don't know what to expect. Very funny. <laughs> so I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be too much action, too much comedy. It was a lot of both. And the comedy was just hilarious. It was cool. It was good. I would give it, well, I don't want to know if we're going to do ratings right now. but Give it a rating. Depends on what we're rating on. Comedy, <laughs> 8. 8 out of 10. I would say comedy was 8 out of 10 because it was just hilarious. And you had a lot of cliche moments where you can remember it or phrases back then. So this is one of your brother and I, we've talked about this movie numerous times and you've never seen it. This is one of our favorite movies growing up. To, <laughs> yeah, but... It's just one of those movies that played on TV constantly. Everybody's got that channel, but I think ours was channel five in Anchorage. And yeah, it's the same channel that had Moesha, Malcolm and Eddie. Yeah. But it played some B movies on Saturdays and this is one of them. One of them huh? It's definitely a singular movie experience, I think. It's basically a terrible cartoon. Yeah. But it's actually, you know, it's a black exploitation, Bruce exploitation, mm -hmm. kung fu musical. What about Asian? You, you mean Asian at kung fu? What about just Asian? Asian what? Chinese, kind of like the culture of the Chinese. Well, I was going to get that into problems that with we black... discuss later. I wouldn't just call it Chinese. They're very loose with their uh, Asian references. They kind of <laughs> mix everything back and forth. Yeah, a lot yeah, of, exactly. They're mixing a lot of Japanese and Chinese stuff together. Uh -huh. oh, uh, he I, learned Kung Fu from a, a Japanese man. That. Yeah, you probably know more about the little details of Japanese compared to Chinese. I bet. I've seen a lot of movies and I've been there, <laughs> but you don't need any background to know like, eh, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little loose. <laughs> a little loose. By all rights, though, it's a cartoon of a movie with cartoon characters as all the main characters. It, it shouldn't be good. It, it felt like a scary movie movie. You know, like that funny... It's a bit spoofy, right? Yeah, spoofy. But it wasn't trying to be a complete spoof. It was trying to be funny, but it wasn't trying to be like that, but it's still... It's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think it was trying to be as funny as it is. Okay. Yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10 if it's a comedy movie straight up. Yeah, think yeah. of it like that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I grew up thinking it was. Yeah, which is crazy. Seeing 
I wanted to know how it was seeing that compared to now, depending on, you know, the generation and the whole moving of our society compared to then. I don't think it's a good judge of society based on the movie because that was a I think that was an imaginary version of Harlem if that's <laughs> I had to look up demographics I'm like I mean I'm sure it's changed now but... a lot of white people just walking around central Harlem <laughs> wherever parts of Harlem it's supposed to take place oh yeah okay so, yeah I said that okay so what'd you think I mean I grew up watching this movie I watched it my whole growing up life that as far back as I can remember so there's a lot of sexual innuendos did you catch them all a lot oh. when you were little? No, no. They went over my head now. I'm watching them now. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> like you didn't know? You knew what he was talking about, but you didn't quite get it. Yeah. He's, he's so the star of the movie, Ty Mac. This was his first acting job. He So they, they found him because one of the, well, he knew both one of the dance choreographers, but he was he trained with the fight choreographer of the movie. Wow. So that's how he got he got brought into audition. He didn't know he was going in for an audition. He thought it was just like a, a martial arts demo. Yeah. He didn't realize it was a movie audition. So he never acted before and he didn't even plan on acting. But then he got cast. Wow. Barry Gordy, the producer, you know, he, yeah. of Motown Records. He started Motown label. Uh -huh. You know, he's gave Jackson Five, their break, Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, all them. Damn. So he got into movies in the 80s and he's like, you know what? I like him. We're going to make him work even though he's not an actor. He worked. I think he, they picked a really good dude for this. I'll try to think of anybody else that could go in there. All right, so <laughs> Billy Blanks was being considered. I don't know if you remember him, but in the 90s, they had a B-movie actor who came in and started doing, it's called Taibo. Taibo? Yeah, yeah, the martial, martial arts exercise videos. Yeah, for, bald dude. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the, he was one of the people considered. And then <laughs> they, went with, they went with a complete acting novice, and I definitely, it works. It works. It's directed by Michael Schultz. He did Cooley High. A movie I haven't seen. I've seen Car Wash. Sounds familiar. It's seventies movie. Yeah, I, cool I haven't seen it though. Familiar. You probably seen Car Wash. Yeah, same Car Wash. Yeah, Crush Groove. You remember Crush Groove? Never. All right. So it's a movie. Run DMC. They play themselves. They have Fat Boys and other actual musical acts, and it's just about producer trying to trying to showcase these actual music acts. It's a funny movie. I never heard of it till I was a little bit older because they referenced <laughs> it in a Kevin Smith movie called Dogma. I was like, I gotta. Mm. I got to check out this uh, Crush Groove okay. because one of the characters in Dogma thought it was going to be a bigger movie than E.T. Yeah. It wasn't. No. So I had to I had to watch it. So do you know who Barry Gordy is? Uh, he's uh, big in the 80s, right? The dude who like, touched yeah. almost everything that was known in the 80s? No. By the 80s, he was already falling off. But he started losing market share, I guess is what they'd say. But oh, uh, okay. he's writing songs in the 50s. I don't know. I, th I think he started Motown late 50s, but I could be way off. It could be just 60s. But Yeah. Like I said, Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, gave Jackson Five their start. His he was like, I'm done with kids groups. Yeah, because he he'd had Stevie Wonder since he was a kid, and it was it was just too much work. You know, you got to bring yeah. in tutors and everything. But then his I think it was his assistant, maybe. He's like, no, you got to listen to the this Jackson Five act. And he listened to him. He's like, he liked him so much. He moved him from wherever they, maybe Ohio. I can't remember. Wow. But moved him all the way out to Los Angeles so they could. So he could like keep him around twenty four seven to work he's, on him. He's still alive today. Oh. He says it. Is Barry Gordy still alive? Ninety. God damn. <laughs> Last time I was reading about him, he was talking about how he thought Michael Jackson'd still be alive if he stayed with Motown. I'm like, damn. I mean, maybe, but <sighs> I honestly don't think the Thriller album would be quite as good without you know the other influences he had after, like Quincy Jones and shit. No, I don't think so. Quincy Jones was a big part of it too. I remember that in the documentary. Yeah. 
I like Quincy. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of music, so yeah. this is let's get into it. We'll, we'll just do now. That was probably this probably had to do everything with eighties, didn't it? Like it, was it was a stamp super of what eighties represented, wasn't it? Eh, I mean, like a small, a small, a small section. Just, everything was eighties. It was very. It was a very the soundtrack 80s was dope. Soundtrack. Though. Yes, it was super a very eighties cool. soundtrack. It was a small section of eighties music, but it was a it was a very eighties soundtrack. The yeah. songs are all right. So. There's Vanity's character. Uh-huh. She has the show Seventh Heaven, where it's I know there's other kind, but it was Soul Train type show. Okay, and they're playing music videos in the background, and people are just dancing to them. And the first video they play is DeBarge, Rhythm of the Night. I'm like, oh yeah, just watching it. DeBarge is kind of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what is I mean, it's like a DeBarge? hit song. Oh, is it a song? Well, DeBarge was the band. Is that first song they? Oh played? yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy that come off of? Yeah, that guy that is singing. That he looks like he sells weed to like, <laughs> school children. He's got that real creepy thin oh, mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking weirdo. He could hey. sing though. He could sing. He looked like a creep, but he could sing. Those are the ones you get jealous of because they get all the ladies. Oh, I had Stevie Wonder on the soundtrack. Had mm-hmm. a few more original songs. One was called "The Last Dragon." One was called "The Glow." Oh, <laughs> you heard they the did? glow? Was it at the end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you kind of fit? It was the it was a fit of the the build up. What do you think of Vanity's song Seventh Heaven"? Her intro. I mean, sexy. What do you think of the song? I have to look at. I have to listen to it again because. I, I didn't. I didn't know it was. Like I didn't. Straight. I didn't know that was her. I know the she was like a big music star in there, but I didn't think. I thought she was just known for her shows outside of. No, the- no. So first known for being part of Vanity Six, and then we'll get into her. Then we'll get into her song. God damn, she's sexy though. Yeah, no, she's hands down biggest crush of the '80s for me. Was it just you or everyone else? Because I. Why? Well, I, I, I don't this think movie, I would have missed this boat. I would have been watching this movie from the '90s on, but. From the 80s, all the women from the 80s, number one crush by far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something about her. I mean, she didn't maintain. I mean, yeah. So let's just talk about Vanity for a bit. Because, I mean, the reason we watched this movie, I gave you options. Yeah. You know, some more hardcore action movies, things like that. And you're like, well, which one has the sexiest woman? I was like, well, all right, we're watching Last Dragon. <laughs> yeah. So Vanity, she was in a couple B movies. And then she was actually... She met Prince at a party. I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was Lionel Richie's birthday or it was just, she was Lionel Richie's date to something. Mm. So she met Prince and then Prince set her up and they end up dating. He moves her out to Minnesota and finds out she can sing. So he's like, I'm putting together a girl group. I want you to front it. You named it after her? Vanity Six. It was the six girls? Nope, just three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't even say that they're, it's because they're all twice as hot, but... Nah, just a vanity. She really stood out from the from the from her from her yeah. co singers. But so they release an album. It's got some hits. Nasty Girl was the big hit. After that's released, her and Prince are dating for a while. You know, she helped do some of the the writing for Purple Rain. She's supposed to be the star of Purple Rain along with Prince. Then that's they break crazy. up. So she's out of Purple Rain. They end she up getting Apollonia. For Purple Rain too. Oh, I know. I mean, Apollonia's great, but She's no vanity. Mm-hmm. So Apollonia is in the movie and she takes over as for Apollonia 6 now. Gets her old band too. That's crazy. So once she's out of the Prince Wheelwell, Barry Gordy signs her for four movies. He wants her. Wow. And so. And this is one of them. Yeah. And according to what I read, no one else was even considered. It was She was just the first pick and the only pick to play Laura Charles. I mean, she should be the only pick. Yeah, no, it was the perfect role for her. And, and she acted the perfect, because she was her. It was just her being her, huh? Yeah, I mean, she sold it. I mean, it's, 
the fact that she's falling head over heels for Le- Leroy Green is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous, but you believe it when she's doing it. Yeah, but it, it makes sense in real life, though. Everyone wants the one who doesn't want the who's not giving the attention. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he he, he looked. He looked. He had that little. You know, he, was cool. he, that was realistic. That's because that's how I am in parties. You know what I'm saying? You look around, you try to see who gives the most contact. He was definitely waiting for that long gaze into his eyes, and it'll hit right when he got in the I was like, okay, this is the part where they, they mingle. Did before this, did you know who Vanity was? Never. Okay, we're gonna watch another movie she's in. It's called uh, Action Jackson. It's got Carl Weathers. It's a great '80s movie too. But so around the period that she did this movie. I'd like to think it was after because she seemed to change pretty quick after, but got started dabbling in the crack for about a decade. Damn. Yeah, she tried it out She's for a long time. part of the epidemic, huh? She aged quickly compared to the difference of how she looked in 1985 to 1992 is astounding. Dang. I mean, it hit her hard, huh? Yeah, I mean, she's still a beautiful woman like in the 90s, but not anywhere near where she was before. Like before, I, I had to go watch it the other night. I found out when I was when I was looking on IMDb, she was in an episode of Highlander, the TV show, in the first season. What? Yeah, it was terrible. Not her fault though. Like most of that season was pretty terrible. Oh, okay. the ones I've watched. But yeah, so it was kind of cool. It was it was during a crack phase. <laughs> but oh, no. she, I mean, as a result, she you know ended up being around ninety two, found God, became a born again Christian. You know, she so she start stopped doing the sexy roles and mm-hmm. you know it's just the portraying herself as you know a sex symbol. Yeah. And then she ended up, she was in the hospital for a while. Was it because of drugs? Yeah, I'm gonna forget. Is it kidney or liver? One of her major organs started failing on her. Damn. So after that, she dropped the vanity name and she became an evangelist. You know, she big into the big into the religion. So I was like, all right. Okay. I was like the second person that dated Prince that. <laughs> Had to find Jesus afterwards. <laughs> I, I mean, love Prince, but I don't know what he's doing to these women. No, I mean, you see enough devil, you want to see God. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she finds she finds God. She ends up marrying a football player. Well, I can't remember which one right now. I'm not going to look it up, but <laughs> this guy, I was reading about it. So, they get married. It's volatile. They divorce within a year. Jesus, that guy goes. That guy gets in trouble for a domestic violence charge, and he like ends up killing people. No way. Yeah, just this is crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. play for San Diego. I think he was with the Chargers. <laughs> Junior Sal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so this is her big movie role for the most part Pretty that people much, are gonna remember huh? for, and then Action Jackson after that is just basically TV after that. Dang. And then nothing. And then she was an evangelist, and then. I completely, all right, if anybody remembers 2016, that year was absolute fucking trash. Was it? Oh, with everything going on, well, with the deaths. Yeah. yeah. Prince died two months later, and that's, well, I mean, Muhammad I Ali. loved Muhammad Ali, Prince. When he was, it was a year before that, wasn't it? Or like a couple years? I think a couple years. A couple years. Because I remember it was around Muhammad Ali or Prince, when I was like listening to a Whitney Houston, I was like, dang, she gone too. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if that was 2016 or just me rethinking. She left 2016 too. Mm-hmm. All right, Gene Wilder, Muhammad Ali, Prince, David Bowie, and David Car- Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie. So she died between David Bowie and Prince, basically. God dang. So. So she did. Vanity did. Yeah. Dang. But you could see, like so. I think favorite musical 
acts of all time goes Michael Jackson, Prince, David Bowie. So two in one yeah. year. I forgot about Vanity. I felt bad though, because I mean, I had such a huge crush on her growing up, yeah. and then I completely spaced that she died. Dang. But I mean, besides my kid being born, 2016 is fucking absolute garbage. <laughs> I bet. No, I, I remember it was like, dang, the legends are starting to get to that age. And Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia died that year too. Oh. But it's like my heart was basically gave up hurting by the time she happened. <laughs> when it happened I, when, like on my love for yeah, the By the time gone. she passed, I was like, I mean, I can't hurt anymore for celebrities this year. <laughs> my heart is too much. We did a new year. If Morgan Freeman goes soon, we'll burn this year down and start over. <laughs> Who's going to document all these new shows? Oh, no. They need to record every single word he can do in a dictionary. That way they can just auto-tune in. Oh, in everything? <laughs> in everything. I would donate money to that cause. Like, you know, if we just got together just so we could preserve him. <laughs> just preserve his voice. He just has to Morgan say it three Freeman. different ways and then just put it together for whatever. Yep. Oh, man. Did David Attenborough die? I think he's. I think he's gone. Who did that? He did a lot of the cool narration for nature shows. Mm, I think I know the voice. Mm-hmm. It's funny we don't know these names, but we know the voices all too well. Yeah, I think he's gone. So it's a little too late, but it's not too late to get Morgan Freeman. <laughs> all right. So, Vanity as Laura Charles, the female lead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then we have Timac. We talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Cartoon character. Those eight, is like his big role, right? His only starring role. That's crazy. He's been in some stuff since then, more recently. I'm like, nothing that we would have seen. Mm. So He doesn't look the same either. No, it's, uh, he lost that baby fat. He's a little, yeah. more, little sharper edges to the face. <laughs> I'm not going to say chiseled, but I'll say, sh- I'll say sharp. <laughs> sure. All right, yeah. All right, so I'm going to do both. We've got two villains in mm-hmm. this movie, two primary villains. Yeah. And they are both also cartoon characters. <laughs> we got Christopher Murney as Eddie Arcadian. He's a video game arcade mogul slash gang his... leader. Yeah, right. He's got the boys. So he's in organized <laughs> crime somehow from all his from all his video games. He's trying to use Vanity's fame to boost his girls, right? Yeah, so he, he sees Angela, uh-huh. his uh, his lady, which is a Cindy Lauper knockoff, but less attractive. <laughs> I'm not saying Cindy Lauper is very attractive. I'm just saying Angela Baracco is less. <laughs> less. Very less. So he's trying to trying to boost her career and get her videos played on mm-hmm. Vanity's show. So he thinks that he's going to invite her out to dinner. He's going to wine her. He's going to dine her. <laughs> he's going to let her order a la carte. All right. So then we have Julius Carey as Shownuff, the showgun of Harlem, who is basically just the worst schoolyard bully in the world. He had the vibes. Yeah. He, he's not re- a real gang leader. They don't do any gang stuff. They just go around punking people. <laughs> Dressed up as in football gear, painted red. Mm-hmm. It's an interracial gang. Those were big in movies in, yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Girls doing the big two. Yeah. Do we want to talk? All right. So this movie has everything. <laughs> it's got Chinese people pretending to be black. Mm-hmm. It's got black people pretending to be Chinese. <laughs> and it's got white people pretending to be, I don't know, what? The white girls and the white girl and guy from the gang. Oh. Oh, my. I mean, that was... That was acceptable back then. They were just trying to find themselves in a gang of black <laughs> karate people. <laughs> and they're all like, she, they're acting like she's gonna hit them, and none of them, none of the, none of the girls on the gang could fight. No, you watch them throw kicks and uh, spinnies and punches, <laughs> and what's like, what are they doing? Dude, the first one to say something though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Basically, yeah, that's all they're there. He's got a group of hype men <laughs> yeah. and ladies. Yeah, man. So, do you ever seen Julius Carey in anything before? Who? Julius Carey, show enough. Oh, I haven't seen him. You know what he reminds me of, though? He reminds me of if Eddie Murphy and Dion Cole had a baby. You know who Dion, Dion yeah. Cole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, parking blessings. Yeah, if they <laughs> if they had a baby, it'd be him. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Rem- All right, you ever seen Don't Be a Menace? Yeah. You know Marlon's character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he based him off show enough. <laughs> Do we have a oh, problem? <laughs> it reminded me so much of show enough when I was yeah, watching this Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Is It's funny because it's probably had a lot of people take bits off of this movie just because it's just... It had that timing with the everybody in it and funny here and there's like I even think that Rush Hour probably took some things from this too. You wanna say Rush Hour took stuff from everything. I'm learning that about you. I wanna say they did. I think I wanna see the influence of Rush Hour. You can't say that this didn't have anything to do with it. Oh I mean it might. It was definitely it's definitely definitely the first of its kind though. Oh, this dude is fit though. Whatever he was doing before this it wasn't it was karate it had to be karate or something yeah no so he was he was a black belt yeah okay yeah not an actor <laughs> a black belt meanwhile julius carey Shonuff was an actor did not know martial arts so the <laughs> his body type did you see his frame and the whole thing oh, just walking so around? skinny and tall <laughs> yeah though. just skinny like and even with the pads on his his football pads yeah. underneath his sequin gi in the end for the end fight uh-huh. he still looks skinny as hell yeah he looks like a that's the part i was talking about where i saw his full frame he looked like one of those one of the homies who looks like he had to learn his his length. He's still walking around all bumping into the, his elbows and things when he was little. <laughs> you know what? He he looks he's wiry though. Yeah, he's wiry. He looks to get that wire wiry strength. Yeah, he does. He does. Huh? Looks like he's been holding it up. For yeah. some, some kind of source. I bet you could hit. <laughs> the only thing I remember him besides he has a the, big ass hands though, when he was doing so <laughs> when you get slapped by him, your whole face turned red. Yeah. <laughs> he did have some big ass hands. He's actually in a TV show I loved in the nineties. Was it? It's called The Adventures of Briscoe County Junior. Never heard of it. All right, so he's like he's one of he's one of the <laughs> That's main a characters. Long ass name, by the way, for a TV show. Yeah, but it works because <laughs> he was on Adventures, and his name was Briscoe County Junior. <laughs> you gotta say the old Briscoe County Junior. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just kind of short it to Briscoe County Junior, though. <laughs> but it was a sci-fi western with time travel and all kinds of weird stuff going on, and he was. I don't know what I don't know if it's been so long. But I wouldn't know if I'd call him his friend, but he was like a competing bounty hunter that they got along well together. Mm. So he he looks like he'd be a bounty hunter. Yeah, Julius <laughs> Carey, show enough. Yeah, he was a good. He looked he bigger with pick. the duster on. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a good pick for this. You could believe that he, this is a character he was made for. Oh yeah, because it, it's like everybody was. You had to be too out of character to be in character in this movie. Yeah, it was so like, like every, well, cast- everybody was playing a caricature. Exactly. How do you cast someone to be out of character? So, in it? well, all right. So, all the main characters, basically, like I keep saying, they're like caricatures, cartoon people, basically. Yeah. Even, even Vanity, she's great though, but she's that just sexy damsel in distress mm-hmm. most of the movie. Let's get to the to more the more normal characters. Richie Green, his brother, mm-hmm. little Richie. Yeah, he's cool. All right. So, growing up watching, you're like, man, leave your brother. Quit picking on your older yeah. brother. Leave him alone. Leave him alone, Richie. I watch it now. I was like. Honestly, he's the hero of the movie. <laughs> he's the best character yeah, by he's, far. He's you, huh? No, nah, I was the nerdier one. <laughs> I was the nerdier one that watched too many kung fu movies. Yeah. One he of was, my dopest scenes is with him at the end where he's acknowledged, like he's 
defending his brother. Yeah, they finally had that switch. <laughs> yeah, that switch. But hey, you saw the way he danced his way out of those ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Did he need to though? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you look at it, you're like, you know what? Yeah, he's the cool one. I like I like him way more than Leroy. Yeah, yeah. You kind of figure out which the older and the younger. He's more the younger. Mature. The younger one is the more mature one, huh? Oh, by far. Yeah. He's a more realistic one. And yeah, I mean, if there wasn't a 12-year age gap, you would be like rooting for him to get with uh, Laura Charles. My girl. Yeah. You want him to, but then you're like, no, nah, that's kind of gross. Yeah. By kind of, I mean, that's really that's gross. That's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Richie, favorite character in the movie. Mm. If she wouldn't have got kidnapped and they end up having that dance competition that day, he mm. would have won. Once he danced his way out of the ropes, you're like, he's got it. He's got it. He would have won. <laughs> oh, what do you think about Johnny U? Yeah, he's he's everybody else. I think that that was me. Johnny that definitely was me in there. Yeah, Johnny used my dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's saying he's an Oriental, but I'm gonna go half Asian <laughs> Max. He looks like like a half Asian Scott Bale. Mm. He was a TV actor from the eighties, a little mainly Italian, I think. But. Yeah, he has a face I've seen before though. Yeah, he's, he gives that kind of at least, at least half Italian looking it's vibe. Kinda of, kinda of more Italian than anything else. Yeah. All right, what do you think about you probably didn't know his name from watching him, but Ty, the little kid that was kicking ass at the end? Oh yeah. Was he in a lot of movies as an adult? Was I felt like he was in a what's it called Ninja Surfer and all that Surf Ninjas, Surf Ninjas, yeah, yeah, you know what I, Surf Ninjas. He was in Surf Ninjas, wasn't yeah, he? but he's also in the Ninja Turtles, the first two Ninja Turtles movies. Is he? he? I'm pretty sure it was Donatello, but he was in the costume of one the first movie, and then he played their pizza delivery boy sidekick in the second one. This is not the walking tall guy. Not nah, you're you're close. The uh, Rundown. The Rundown. This is him. Yeah, that's him. Wow. Yeah, he had that a career. That was him when he was little? Yeah. Big bug eyed, big honeycomb smile. Yeah, and it's like- That I was him. Yeah, I always remember Ernie Ray's Jr., but I His last... watch it, I look at him in the in this movie, he's so small, you're like, I didn't like, I didn't know, I didn't know it was him, I just knew I recognized him, I had to look him up, I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, Ernie Ray's Jr., I right. follow him on Instagram. So, the time frame of this movie, and- when they watched the Bruce Lee's The Last Dragon. That movie came out like 13 years before this one. Okay. So this is a grindhouse theater. The, is that bad guy in the Bruce Lee movie? Isn't that the same one in Bloodsport? Yeah. Bolo Young. Yeah. He's in a ton of movies. But he does, He looks older in this one than he did in Bloodsport. Bloodsport, he looked younger. I'm just going to say he looks the exact same age. <laughs> he looked he chubbier in this one. Maybe he was. Mm. I mean, but maybe he's probably just lost baby fat by the time he did Bloodsport. Mm. But yeah, no, Bolo Young. Dang. Yeah, no. So the the movie theater scene where they introduce is shown off. It's the second scene with Bruce Leroy. Yeah. It's a grindhouse theater. You know, they play old kung fu movies and B movies, yeah. things like that. Everybody in here is a character. They're not real human beings. Yeah, no. That's a cra- crazy, crazy movie theater. <laughs> they got the break dancing. They got shown yeah, coming in. Yeah, they got shown a brawl. They have a whole brawl up in that piece. Shown off. His story thread for the movie. As one of our primary villains, mm-hmm. he's basically just a schoolyard bully. Yeah, but his 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 schoolyard is apparently all of Harlem all because of Harlem. he's the Shogun of Harlem. Yeah, he's pretty much the master of a different school, right? No, no, I'm like I'm just saying he's like schoolyard. His influence is mainly Japanese, so we're gonna guess his he's on karate. Okay, okay, karate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna guess karate. Uh-huh. But he was just whatever whatever the fight choreographer trained him for. Okay, cuz you know how they have those schools, those karate schools in Oh yeah, in China. like especially in yeah. the, uh, the most of Bruce Lee's movies. This wasn't one of those one one master from one school trying to challenge the other one. No, no, this was just it's not who he's just whose school is better. Hey man. Yeah, it's not whose school's better. Word That's what the big street. thing was. 
in those ones. Mm-hmm. But it was it's just about who's better. Word and he doesn't street. like yeah. Well, Leroy Green. <laughs> no one on the streets as Bruce Bruce Leroy. The he's the only person that people say can beat Shonuff. Shonuff. And Shonuff doesn't like that because he wants to be the baddest. That's mm-hmm. all he cares about. So his whole story thread is trying, trying to, to be... trying to fight Bruce Leroy, which he had plenty of opportunity. They just kept having <laughs> little weird things delay the fight so they could have a longer movie uh-huh. and ha- kind of just. Yeah. Well, they, they're gonna fight, but at the end, it's like the build up. But how do they keep interacting with each other and not fighting? Exactly. It's just like he lets him go this time. <laughs> and then we talked about Eddie Arcadian's goals. Yeah. We, they. Yeah, so he keeps trying to kidnap Vanity mm-hmm. so he can get that video played. Couldn't, so he hired on Shonuff. Yeah, he hired Shonuff because Bruce Leroy foiled his plans twice, embarrassed him, mm-hmm. and that can't happen. So he hires a bunch of goons. There's a big showdown at the end. Mm-hmm. And then all the goons are fighting all the kung fu school, Yeah, which is, is weird. It's just weird <laughs> that it's kung fu school since his master was... Japanese. Japanese. What, we're letting it slide. <laughs> we're letting, letting it slide. It slide. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to let it slide. But big showdown. Yeah. A summary breakdown of the movie. In New York City, a young man searches for the master to obtain the final level of martial arts mastery known as the glow. The glow. Along the way, he must fight a martial arts expert corrupted with power and rescue a beautiful singer from an obsessed music promoter. And that comes from Akil at UC Link for dot berkeley dot edu a imdb user good, good description yeah. yeah best one i found on imdb mm-hmm. definitely agree with that one so the glow mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie when he's training with his master his master says i'm not your master anymore yeah he's entered the la- this last the stage of the last dragon yep the, the final movie. stage of his training mm-hmm. but he's like master i don't have the glow <laughs> so I guess it's a side quest, even though it's not the main the main beats of the story, is him trying to find a new master yeah. who his master refers him to, some dumb goy. Yeah, <laughs> some dumb goy. <laughs> <laughs> and the search for some dumb goy leads us to a fortune cookie factory. Yeah. Run by three Chinese dudes. Who are pretending to be black. Uh, pretending, I, I would say just like their characters are, well, you, they're raised around a lot of black people. Mm, I'm or pretty they're sure posing. Yeah, they're posing. Yeah, they're, 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 they're posing. posing. Yeah. But apparently, like, apparently, if, if you're dancing poorly to hot sake su is maybe what it's called. Mm-hmm. But they're dancing very poorly to it, and they've they've drawn a crowd. People, <laughs> people are into it in Chinatown. The some dumb goy. That's the that's the fortune cookie factory. Yeah. They and, talk a lot of jive to him. Yeah. <laughs> they call him a coolie. I. I'm like, cool. Coolie sounds <laughs> sounds racist. racist. <laughs> and, uh, so it turns out it is, but it's not the racist in the way I thought it was. Okay, what is it? Okay, so it was a term to degrade like Chinese laborers, you know, like the people that would have built the railroad, things like that. Okay. So low class Chinese laborers, also known as coolies, apparently, and it, it, it's gone to it's more than just Chinese. Like, I mean, it's it became to mean something in India too. They had like a movie series. Like, it was just less less of an insult. Over there, since they're like to bring up the working class, but yeah. so yeah, cool. They kept he dressed as a coolie is because he's wearing that that silk mm. button up to the neck thing, and he's wearing it, his Raiden rice picking hat. Yeah, got it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> can, we, can we just talk about like yeah. Leroy kind of sucks, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you know, he's the hero, but he's walking around wearing he's wearing those clothes. He's wearing a rice picking hat when he walks. Uh, no. he's, he's in a movie theater. He's eating 
He's eating popcorn. That's why we respect <laughs> we respect the little brother so much more. Yeah, I'm like I how? grew up thinking he was the cool one, <laughs> and I, I watch it now. I was like, oh man, Richie was the hero. <laughs> this fucking fool's eating popcorn with chopsticks <laughs> at the he movie really, theater. He was really trying to sell himself a little bit more than what he should have. And been. he he would not talk normal. Like he like he would talk in fortune cake cookie riddles <laughs> as much as possible. And like, well, so a lot of them didn't quite make sense for the situation. No. Like, eh, shut up, Leroy. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> you feel all weird about myself because I used to think he was cool. It's a whole change of complex right now. You're trying to figure it out. But you have to watch it a lot of times, though. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it so many times. And like, mm-hmm. but, you know, you see a movie 20 something times. You know, you just, you'll watch it and you'll be kind of on autopilot, just like being yeah. there for the story beats and getting into it, you know? But like you try to watch and try to analyze a bit more, <laughs> being more analytical about it, and little, <laughs> and uh, you're like, God damn it, grow up. <laughs> grow up. That's not responsible choices, man. You were my hero, Leroy. You're my hero, and you, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Timac was a virgin for this one because he sells the virgin thing too easy. He he sells it. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. <laughs> big virgin ass. What's your big virgin ass? <laughs> Poor Bruce Leroy. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that was a part of the whole what made it work. Yeah, no, that's what Barry Gordy saw. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's he's like his. How do you say that word? Him being naive, naviet, or whatever. yeah. So, so he thought that that would work to sell the character, which I mean, it did. It but did. he still seems like he seems like a child. <laughs> <laughs> he's innocent, but he's an innocent little boy. I mean, in a grown man's body. I would think there's a reason why he didn't get any more. Like acting roles, yeah. After this, do you recognize that face? Yeah, I remember him, William H Macy. So we're we're glancing over at the movie. It's got a very young William H Macy in it, who you won't remember him again in a movie for like another ten year, ten thirteen years or whatever. When he was in Boogie Nights, (laughs) but was he acting that whole time? No one knows. I I remember him in a different movie. Boogie Nights is I haven't watched yet. So you remember something later than Boogie Mm -hmm. Nights? Yeah, like. That's Wild hogs young. or something. Like, like I, I almost couldn't, didn't recognize him at first. A very young William H mm-hmm. Macy. Yeah, that's crazy. He blew mm-hmm. up late in life. He doesn't have a face made for the youth. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to get, he needed to get some mileage on there. Yeah. So he could play older men. He, he looked like he was, he's on something though. You don't want to watch him star in a movie at that age. <laughs> he's only picked for. He's on roles. youth. He's on you. You've never seen him on youth before. No. <laughs> In the background, we finally see the vanity scene where she's introduced singing Seventh Heaven. All right, so you know, so the song, we're all over the place, but Seventh Heaven, the song that she sings, the the title song for the movie, not the title song, but the main tie-in song, it won a, one of those Razzie Awards for, you know, the, where they honor, not honor, but they recognize the worst achievements in film of each year. Really? Yeah, and I think that is blasphemous. The song, The song's amazing. She's if you have Spotify, too. it's on there. Listen to it. Mm-hmm. I will put that up against Skyfall and Live and Let Die as <laughs> greatest movie tie-in songs of all time. That's dope. And also, ever since listening to the soundtrack it again, good. Yeah, ever since listening to the soundtrack again, though, I'm like trying to wonder what what it sounds like. I feel like there's a real band that had a sound very similar to what to hers. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, listener who it sounds like and what it reminds me of, let us know mm. through one of our social media channels. Because I think, oh yeah, we got everything now. Yeah. We got everything. We locked everything <laughs> down. 
We're on the Facebooks. We're on the Instagrams. You got Twitter. Yeah, I got I got everything. I got a website much. that doesn't have anything on it, but I figure we just do the website because it's just an easy way to host all the all the podcasts, and it'll kind of send them out from there. Yeah, it's gonna look. It's gonna be crazy to see it once the list gets bigger and bigger. All the different. It's gonna be I, a lot of time and put into this. I mean, yeah, it should be. It should. Be. I'm having fun. I these movies are hilarious, bro. Like I, I was watching them uh, with. First of all, my fiance is the one that didn't like just the way the last dragon looked. <laughs> She's like, "Are you kidding me?" I like, we gotta watch it. I was her. What did she think of it? She, first of all, <laughs> she couldn't stop laughing at so many of the moments because, I mean, we were definitely under the influence, but it was it was hilarious. She likes. She could see the dig on vanity. She's she so loves, weird. She loves her performance is so weird, and she's so hot while doing it. It's uh, I'm weird. I'm into her. Weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> that, like all, all of this is a fashion trend of the, of the '80s. So she, my my fiance really dig that. She likes the looks because makeup was popping. Outfits was like some of these outfits are coming up. Like the colors, you notice the trends of the generation now. The colors are like '80s. Like eighties, you see everything. The, the little, yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna come. Back. It'll come back again when we're sixty two. The what's it called? It? Oh yeah, it, it's like it always has a little trend to come back, huh? Mm-hmm. And I think it's eighties right now with the tights and spandex and. I high think it's poof. probably already on the way out. Yeah, it is though. Yeah, but but the weekend's kind of putting the vibes back in with these songs though. Man, is, I think it's the help of uh, some of the shows like Stranger Things too. Maybe I all I know is you you're the, I didn't start listening to Weekend until you got me to start listening to more of his songs that I never heard before. Mm-hmm. I wore that Weekend playlist. <laughs> the ones that sound a little bit more like Mike. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like yeah yeah. What he did with Daft Punk, he did a couple Daft Punk tie-in song, uh, collaborations. They were really good too. Oh, what's the song? I think you were playing it uh, when you guys were freaking out a lot. I feel it coming. Mm, no. Mm. Starboy. Something like Starboy. I don't. Know. I forget. We're just listening to the whole. This is the weekend from Spotify. Spotify is like the one place. Like, growing, I always did my own playlists because I just uh-huh. didn't like the flow of a lot of other compilations and playlists. But Spotify, they got it down to a science. Yeah. And they're not always the best thing, but they're way easier than making your own playlist, and they're pretty good. Spotify has a lot of podcasts on there too, huh? Mm-hmm. I've been listening. So, kind of a pain back and forth. I think I've been using Overcast to listen to podcasts mm, but you don't even want to use overcast too hmm? oh, overcast is not the one that you want to use though why is it no i like overcast okay. yeah no it's good it's easy to find stuff on there and it it uh, once you figure out how to use the settings to download and all that yeah super easy all right we're actually going to record two of these back to back so we're going to do you know what teaser highlander <laughs> another so two movies they, they were released like a year apart very 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 80s in their own ways yeah and they have kind of the same message i think (laughs) (laughs) if you have the right combination of ridiculous you can make an excellent movie yeah if that's if that's the if that's the message and yes (laughs) yeah both succeeded in telling that story yeah highlander is that's just we'll get we'll get into that next what's your favorite scene of the whole movie i like the first the very beginning the very beginning when he was like doing his karate stuff with the master, shooting arrows and breaking arrows. The ending, I'm very certain sentimental parts of it. Also when he, I want to say when he did his glow thing, but not really then. It was just when he, with his brother. When his brother 
it was like a lot of different scenes, but the dopest scene would probably be the beginning one. I would say that. This is where we differ for the, like pr- pretty hard for the first time. I'm like his training sequence in the beginning, whatever. <laughs> that was probably the best part of it. I of just his think <laughs> action. I think that Shownuff and Vanity had such better intros compared to his. You're like, <laughs> I feel like it really. He's really getting overshadowed. Yeah. I mean, Vanity's intro coming down, and the little elevator singing Seventh Heaven. Sexy. That was a dope scene yeah. for you, huh? That's your dopest. I mean, that's the one that I remember the most. But actually, I'm gonna go with Ty. The final scene where he's doing the showdown and he gets the glow. Uh-huh. When it finally pays off, you're like, he got the glow. <laughs> you're like, do it, Leroy. I didn't expect him to get the glow right then and there when he's getting. <laughs> Did you think dunk. it was gonna happen at all? <laughs> I just, just thought, over. I just thought it was gonna be more worse. Like he was gonna get bashed even more before he was gonna get the glow. I mean, he was about to be drowned. <laughs> That's a good time to get your clothes. Yeah, his master. Yeah. All right. You know Lupe Fiasco, right? Yeah. Okay. Lupe Fiasco is dope. So his album, The Cool, there's a song, Hip Hop Saved My Life. Yeah. So my brother introduced me to that album. I'm listening to it. And I, like, I like it overall anyway. But then he said, he raps like Bruce Leroy, you can see Boy Glow. I was like, <gasps> he <laughs> referenced The Last Dragon. <laughs> He's my favorite rapper of all time now. That's the that's the lyric you were talking yeah. about. I was just I, I'll just sing it all the time at work, just randomly, and no one knows what I'm talking about. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he talking, he, it was a moment. Yeah, well, yeah. Lupe Fiasco's. He's one of my all time favorite rappers. That's how uh, Rod Wave, the newer rapper today, he said, "What was his rap? He's coming in and out of my life like Perry the Platypus." <laughs> <laughs> He put I'm that gonna, in there. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to listen to it. I, I don't think I'm gonna like him like Lupe because I haven't heard him. But <laughs> I do love Perry the Platypus. So he comes in and out of scenes. I was dying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what about when Bruce Leroy teaches the cookie guys the co- fortune cookie? Oh, <laughs> that's why I was saying that they didn't grow up around a lot of black guys because they're, they're, once they have this guy on the hook, they're really interested in him teaching them how to play craps. Yeah. <laughs> they want to learn it. They want to learn. So. He teaches them hopscotch, <laughs> right? Was that hopscotch or it was hopscotch? Okay, but very eight-year-old kid. Yeah, he's very. He's, I gotcha. a, he's, a, he's a child, <laughs> so that one's up there too. But no, I'm gonna go with Vanity's intro and the final showdown. But Shonuff's intro was pretty good. Yeah, uh, in the movie theater. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a great scene. It's hilarious. It, it lets you know who Shonuff is. Yeah, he don't ever care about the movie. Roy is a is a goon. <laughs> He was my hero, but he, you start realizing he kind of sucks. Eating eating popcorn with, with chopsticks. chopsticks. <laughs> Something Bruce Leroy only would do. All right, so I didn't put it down, but Bruce Leroy's intro to his family was pretty good because he's meditating and doing handstands up on the roof, and his brother yells out for him. And it's something I never noticed before. I just thought he said, hey, Leroy. <laughs> no. Richie's awesome. He goes, hey, Reloy. <laughs> He mixed the R and the L. It was a little a little racist touch, but it's like I never caught it before. And I was just like dying because I, I never I never realized he said that. Yeah, it's funny is when you when you say that, you don't catch it until after because it should be Reroy. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed before, but then he, he comes down he, and he says, Mama-san, Papa-san, Lotus, Lotus Blossom. Blossom. <laughs> like, again, like, that's Jap. Yeah, quit mixing your shit, man. <laughs> You goon. But but I think it's like, is it was that intentional to mix uh, it up? You, did, I don't know if it was that intentional. You don't think so? 
I think they're just being, they're playing it loose. All right. Playing it loose. <laughs> oh, this is a scene that I had marked down. So when him and Vanity first have that eye contact where she's signing these things and then she gets in the car and looks yeah, at him. Yeah, she's like this Is it celebrity. because of his, what he's wearing more than it was? But, you know, he does look chiseled. He does look like, you know, he has some little, sp- little but what he was wearing. He still has a, he has a young man's face. Yeah, he, he looks young. Yeah. He's dressed in silk. I mean, for the time, basically, you're thinking those are basically silk pajamas. You know, it's funny. He, what he are has, you doing, dude? Yeah, he has like a 50-50 look on him. Like, he could be really cool, or this guy has definitely got that nerd butt. He's a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, when Lupe sure, Fiasco yeah. wears wears a kendo uniform on social media, I'm like, he's a nerd, but he's cool. <laughs> Bruce Lee was, he's just a nerd. <laughs> All right, what do you think? This movie shouldn't work. You write it down on paper. Mm-hmm. This doesn't add up to a great film yet. It's amazing. I've watched it my whole life. I'm going to continue watching it. I'm going to introduce my kid to it at some it, point. What is what is what does this compare it to then? What do you mean? Like it shouldn't have worked, but it did. And I'm going to say that when we do the next one too. It's like all this stuff when you write it down. Mm-hmm. If it if this were math, pro the math doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't eat, no. equal cult classic awesome movie. I mean, I'll definitely do Barry Gordy's involvement in making it happen. He he put a lot of uh, that rhythm of the night song was a hit. I think that went number one. If this whole movie was like a music video of each song that they be played, that each like actual song that they actually made, you for sure knew that this was a song that they wanted us to hear. That's what this reminded me of, like a, a big ass, a big music video. Yeah, I mean, w- eventually we're gonna watch Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, which is a much better version of that because they actually mm. took his music videos and then turned them into a movie it's fantastic mm. Ooh, look yeah they highlighted a lot of good songs uh, some in music video form in the background are like straight on the screen yeah you're watching the music video with them so I'm, i definitely soundtrack is a big part of it I, I put like this couldn't have worked at any other time period in the history of man like, <laughs> it basically had to come out dead center in the middle of the 80s yeah i think vanity and julius carey and Lee, those laura charles show enough and then Leo O'Brien as Richie Green, the cast. like those, but those three specifically, I all, like. I'm almost like, well, I mean, Timac, he mm-hmm. works, but I'm yeah. like, I feel like we probably could have gotten there with someone else if we needed to. <laughs> no, but the the rest of the main cast, no, you need everybody. Yeah, you need. And you're like, we might have been able to squeeze by with a uh, Billy Blanks in that role. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was. Yeah, everyone never there worked. It was pretty good. Can it can it be recasted though? No. Can it be remade? No, <laughs> like I like I mean, it could be remade as a cartoon or a sequel. Oh yeah, a cartoon would be good. Like a cartoon, and if you did it in the style of like a '90s cartoon, do you remember the MC Hammer cartoon? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That before your time. Oh uh, no, MC Hammer no. Okay, so MC Hammer had a cartoon. Don't worry, it was I think terrible. You told me though. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, but if it was like that kind of that type of art style where it's it's very cartoonish, very ridiculous, talking shoes. So I feel like. Mm-hmm. A lot of color. I feel like it would really work with this. It's a comedy, and it works as a comedy. Like I don't see it working if if you change genres with it, mm-hmm. unless you did a complete remake and then tried to make it completely different. Yeah, well, a lot of the characters fit. Yeah, the time because you you didn't get that. I don't I don't know who you can compare the yo sucker out of nowhere, other than in the eighties back then. You know where they were just in the streets talking shit, slick words back. <laughs> yo sucker, run well, I mean, me. Well, I think what made it work was that 
it was him pretending it'd been around for a while like, yeah people talking like but it's like him <laughs> he's so out of place in his own neighborhood in his own city that he thinks, that he's... He thinks he's doing it right and <laughs> he just comes off so corny and, and that's what makes it it definitely makes it work because of that it's almost like it's a world what it, within what the world. It is. <laughs> what, what it is. You almost, because if it was like a true, it's a world within the world. Like these guys are just, they have their own world. This is yeah, this not is, include, this, involve anybody else. No, than this these is people. not the real world. <laughs> what didn't you think worked? I wanted to say all the, them being out of character, but then it was, when we were talking about it, it was like it couldn't have worked if less that they had that character like that. Yeah. I, so it's kind of weird that. Now that we're talking about it, actually, no, that's because that's one of the things I put. It was like, it wouldn't have worked with so much of that, this person or that person. But then I was like, eh, it actually kind of worked with that's that. A, like, I, that's why I don't think it's when it's hard to pinpoint yeah. what if, if what doesn't work and what does work is basically the same things. That's why I'm like, if they tried remaking this, yeah. they're going to fuck it up. Yeah, you're right. It's a hard formula to try to, <laughs> to try to grasp. Because it's not supposed to be seriously taken. Yeah. <laughs> it works, but it doesn't. <laughs> and maybe, maybe all right, again, maybe it is one of those things that actually works, but I'm call, I'm nitpicking it. Turns like, out this is a cookie fortune movie. <laughs> cookie. It works, but it doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, they're a little too loose with the representations of Asian culture, mm -hmm. but maybe it does work for the time. Exactly. That's it. See, that was like, you know, it does work. Anything that was loose back in the day was, it's it's not, acceptable. It definitely is not supposed to be taken seriously. It's acceptable. Yeah. I'm watching. Oh, I put, I could definitely have done without having to sit through the entire DeBarge video. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, this movie's great, but it definitely didn't need to be almost two hours long. We could, we could have shaved 20 minutes off this and that includes like not watching a full DeBarge video. Mm. All right. So one of the things I found, they used every bit of material that they filmed basically. What there's there's no there's no cut scenes or anything like that. What? Yeah, and that, so it turns out it was gonna be even there was gonna be even more. So there probably would have been cut scenes, but mm -hmm. right before they started going into filming it, they had to cut the budget by two million dollars, or it wasn't coming out. Mm. So it went down. I think it was like a ten million dollar budget. Damn. So they had to they had to do a bunch of rewrites, and then there's no rewrites after that. They filmed it and shot it exactly how it was and it, they came out and like what? i feel like they probably could have expanded some stuff but i'm actually i like the version we ended up with yeah for sure and i mean it did pretty well internationally and everything it, overall i think it made 30 million on a 10 million budget like that's Dang. solid mid 80s performance seriously yeah it continued it's still oh, yeah, grossing, they, right? i mean yeah i mean it's still uh i've bought it on dvd and you know blu-ray over the years yeah and, I think I had it on VHS too. How young can we introduce people to like as young as? It does, it, I mean, it's so it's that it's that kind of movie, huh? The whole family. I mean, I kind of wish. I honestly, if I was gonna choose to the kid, I kind of I wish I could show him the Channel Five edited down version because I mean they they got uh, a lot of a lot of n words and yeah. some other language that I'd prefer the kid <laughs> not uh, just like repeat. We need the randomly. Channel Five views, <laughs> not repeat randomly. <laughs> And he knows a lot of words he can't say. I guess I could just be like, you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I put unnecessarily, Bruce Leroy is an unbelievable, is unbelievable as a romantic interest for vanity. <laughs> she is a goddess and he is a tool. Even that worked though. Because you can want to believe that someone as weird again, as him can get the girl. And that's why it worked for me as a kid, mm -hmm. you know. Looking at an air like, oh, I identify with Bruce Leroy a lot less now than when I was a child. <laughs> So it's like I don't, I can't. That's why it's like it's easier to relate to Richie than to Bruce Leroy, <laughs> the, little, the little brother. You're like these guys grew up together in the <laughs> movie and outside of it. So I wonder what they told the boy to, to say. Was it his actual lines or is this, 
the kid himself saying shit. I don't think they did a bunch of ad-libbing oh, that'd be funny. and improv in this movie. But, I mean, he might have put his own little spin on it for each one. He was so funny, though. You're like, yeah, I know. He definitely, he definitely knows more about girls than this adult oh. man. <laughs> It's uh, Vanity, it's always, it's his girl, like, it's his star girl that, and Bruce Leroy doesn't even know who she is, pretty mm-hmm. much. Just runs into her and starts date, has a little secret crush on her. Oh, she, she was thirsty for him, too, mm-hmm. am I right? Is, is, uh, she was always around. Yeah, she's following him around. Mm-hmm. It was a bit ridiculous. She was throwing it at him. All right, so I said it could be remade as a, a cartoon. You think it should be? I think it should be. All right. I'd watch it. Yeah, I would watch it too. That'd be hilarious. I, mean, I don't know how far I'd watch it, but I'd watch it. It, it felt like a cartoon too, to be honest. It's a cartoon. Yeah. It was a live action cartoon. Mm-hmm. All right. A good one. Any questions you're left with afterwards? I'm not really left with anything crazy. All right. I'm just like, what they, well, I'm, I'm wondering what it would have been like with those, if they didn't cut the budget and cut those scenes, but I mean, it works the way it works, it, so I'm, I'm cool with it. It sucks that you've watched it so many times that you would want to see those extras. Yeah. I mean, I do, but it's To like, see if it works. Yeah. But it's it's imaginary at this mm-hmm. point, so I'm cool with it. Yeah. All right. So what's the film's legacy? We, we're gonna ask this each time. What did it leave behind for us? I put gave me a reason to watch Vanity the rest of my life, <laughs> and, and and it's that perfect, the perfect Vanity. I'm gonna watch this movie the rest of my life though. So it gave me that. I mean, no, the only career that really took off. I mean, I'm not gonna say like he was a star, but the Rock, Arcadian's main henchman dude. Yeah. He's in a ton of stuff. He is in a ton he's of in movies. so many things. But he's good at playing goons. He's the main do- goon in Dumb and Dumber. Or like a detective and stuff like that. Or like the dumb cop. He, uh, he's he been in a lot of movie roles with that too. He's, he's always be been a ex- goon, yeah. yeah. Excellent dumb cop. <laughs> but he, ex- you know, he didn't age either in any of those movies he was no, in. No, he looked, Cause he next 20 same. years he looks exactly the <laughs> he same. He looked the same as the one in there. I was like, hey, what the heck? Next 20 years he looks exactly the same. He's still acting strong too. Like That's He's crazy. in a bunch of stuff. What do you think? Uh, him and Arcadian together were kind of just perfect though. Just yeah, they, they were. They had a good banter back and forth, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm surprised he they didn't, argue he like didn't take off more. I didn't, so I'm surprised he didn't take off more of that guy. Arcadian? Yeah. I know. He wasn't in a ton of stuff. But it's what You know what's weird? He's bald. Completely bald on top. One two-minute scene, he's wearing a toupee. Not at all the rest of the movie. I'm like, what? I get confused. Like when, I, when it first cut to it, I'm like, I'm always like, is that a different character? I'm like, no, it's Eddie Arcadian. <laughs> it's the same guy. He's just wearing this. He's wearing a toupee. So it could have been done without a toupee? Yeah, I don't. I think that maybe, like, maybe they filmed that yeah. one early on. They're like, ah, uh, let's just do it without the toupee. He, uh, I think the toupee was part of his hope being a joke. Maybe, like, he goes in public without the toupee. Quite exactly. A bit. And the one time he goes to meet Shonuff to introduce himself and offer <laughs> Shonuff t- money, he puts a toupee on. <laughs> That's barely even hair. Like, I forgot my eyebrows. Let me put them on. Ah, well, we did that different than any other one. Mm-hmm. Any parting words? Well, I just want to say this was a great look into the 80s humor with with 80s culture in it. So that was a good that that's a good part of this movie. Most of the movies we're gonna watch are gonna be 80s and some. 90s. But that's why I want to do yeah. it different. So with this one, I would say the exploitation of race and how it made they they were able to be like the one of the movies back in that you can actually like be funny and laugh about. Uh, well, I mean, it's piggy. It's piggybacking off the actual black exploit. I mean, this wasn't real black exploitation yeah. movie. Like the '70s had the real ones. This, we'll watch. We'll watch some of them. Like maybe not for the show. This is a soft punch. Yeah, but I, I got I got a list for you if you want to. And there's a there's a bunch of them online to stream nowadays. Dude, I I love those kind of movies because uh, uh, it's part of like what 
I have a thing with social media being a bigger influence on white cultural, uh, cultural on cultural norms. So a lot of that helps out with you're, my you're findings. Gonna love, I know, you watch, you start watching some of the black exploitation movies. You're like, and you start seeing a lot of Quentin Tarantino influences. You're like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's so many funny movies too. Like the biggest one. I mean, and there's a reason why it's so famous. Like, watch Dolomite though. It is, it's. Great. Yeah, no, for real. I'm a, it's one of those things that I'm even reading like some books on these on how black exploitation in so in the media. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because like I was I forget what the book is called, but the movies I was watching, yeah, I get deep into it. My fiance gets into these things as well. So, do you follow Killer Mike on Instagram or anything? No. All right. So that's my favorite rapper. Yeah. But Killer Mike, I mean, his Black History Month reading suggestions. I've done a couple. Yeah. But this one, it's called The History of White People. Mm. Oh, man. It's the exploration of where the idea of, of a white race came from. But, I mean, the first half reads super fast. The second half is a bit slower. It's like more in the last century. But uh, it's a lot of gems in there. Let's do an outro, though. Let people know where to find us. Days of Films Past on Instagram. Days of Films Past on Facebook. We don't have any of them running right now as recording. But before we start releasing them, we'll get them going. Yeah. And the website coming along. Daysoffilmspast.com. Daysoffilmspast.com. What about Twitter? Is it the same thing? Twitter, same thing. All right. Mm -hmm. You're going to be running like the social media. (laughs) That's basically going to be on you. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening if you're still listening. Yeah. I mean, that'll edit down and it's a lot faster than the previous two recordings we did. Yeah, let us know if we covered anything or what we didn't cover. If you had any questions about, if you wanted us to go into a little bit more detail on or some side comments off of what we talked about that came up when you were talking about it or you came through that you want to share with us. We want to know, we want to learn, we want to grow. Yeah. Like we said earlier, we're going to be doing this. We're just going to do it however we do it and find a rhythm. But if (laughs) you like the way we did certain things, certain episodes, or you like the, just let us know. Let us know. Yeah. We'll try to accommodate, but we'll try to keep it natural for us. You. All right. Thank you. Bye.